just kept showing up and kept showing up. And that's really what life's all about. Like if what you're doing right now isn't working, why not try something else? And I looked to all the people around me at that church and my friends, and they had this joy that I wanted that, you know, you can kind of see it. Like you just know what it is. It's hard to explain, but you can tell someone that has that joy in their heart versus the rest of the world that desperately needs it right now. And whatever that was, I wanted it. And as this naive 40 year old, I was like, what What are you doing? Okay, I'm gonna do that. And I literally went at it like a child because I was like, well, I've tried everything I know how to do. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Stories list show listeners. A little tongue-tied, friends. This is your chief storyteller host, Michelle Saunders Gutch, and welcome to my season two 115th episode, Maury's Loved God Story. Thank you for listening to my show that is part of the Spark Media Network and Edify app and helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them and never feel alone. Friends, I hope all is well. If you're living in the United States and you live in a state with fall weather, you probably are enjoying the fall season and the beginning of the beautiful colors of the season. Friends, I love fall and seeing all the tree leaves change. And I also love mums. They are so beautiful. And in the Casey area, we have lots of trees. And fall is one of the most beautiful times of the year. And there's another reason, friends, that fall is so special to me. I was married in October on a beautiful fall afternoon in beautiful Littleton, Colorado. The beauty of the fall season in the mountains in Denver was so spectacular and romantic. So I always find that fall is such a beautiful and romantic time of the year. So enough of me, friends. Now it's time to get this show started. And today, I am super excited to bring to the mic a very special guest, Maury Oslin. And Maury is a child abuse survivor, a wife, mother, entrepreneur, my kind of gal, health and business coach, and author, again, my kind of gal. She holds a degree in psychology and a master's degree in theology. And she is from the Pacific Northwest. And I understand she avoids the rain at all costs. So when the sun is shining, she's enjoying boating and golfing and skiing with her family. And she's very active, friends. I see her on Facebook and all the things that she does. And man, she loves being outside on the water. So let's bring her to the mic. Time to get to know her. Welcome to the Altered Story Show. Maury, how are you doing? Great. That was a great introduction. Thank you, Michelle. And, you know, it is fall here in the Northwest. It's starting to be anyway. 
and the sun is shining outside. So I'm super excited that the rain has not come yet. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Hey, Maury, I do have to say, I love your love bracelet. It's so cool. I was just thinking, you know, I used to think the what would Jesus do bracelets were kind of cool back in the day. And I know the big deal is the friendship bracelets and, you know, all of that. And I got, you know, this when you sent me a copy of your book and I thought, geez, this is so cool. And the fact that we call your God story, your love God story, your love God story. So anyway, uh, why don't you share a little bit more about who you are, if you don't mind, without anything that would be already communicating um, in the in the book, God's story, you know, what that we're going to talk about, but anything about yourself so, so our listeners can get to know you. You know, I think everyone, especially in the world right now, I think we're all just lacking that feeling of love. And it's just our core need that we're born with. Everyone wants to feel love, right? And my book's called Unlovable, and we'll get into that. But it was really because I lived the first 40 years of my life. Everything that I did came down to that root of not feeling loved. And it took me 40 years to figure that out. (laughs) Better late than never. I'm a slow learner. Um, But yeah, so that's just that bracelet just acts as a little reminder. Like even if we're not feeling it necessarily by the people that we're surrounding ourselves with, we're already loved and accepted by God. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that if no one else is. When you talk a little bit about fall there in, you know, your area of the country, do you get like different color leaves that change? And, oh, I mean, yes. Do you get all that too? Okay. Yeah. So we're in the Northwest. Um, I'm from Oregon. I'm just right across the river in Washington. So if you hear me slip and say Oregonian, <laughs> I basically still feel like I'm an Oregonian, but tons of trees here and the lo- the leaves change color. It's beautiful. And typically in September, even half of October, we'll still get some sun as all the leaves are changing color and it's really beautiful. Yeah. Is it somewhat like Seattle where you do have some mountains? Yes. Yeah. I can actually see Mount Hood off my deck, which is where we like to go skiing. We're right on the border of Oregon and Washington. So I'm about three hours from Seattle. Okay. All right. Cool. I love the mountains and I love the ocean and the water. You know, I just think there's so much, so much with all of those beautiful, you know, just beautiful opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of that. So, you know, Maury, you and I spoke and we kind of, you know, talked off and on too, as we prepared for this time for you to share, but You know, I love sharing women's transformational God stories around the world. You know, I definitely have a global um, mission. And I really believe uh, because God so loved the world, right? It's important to have that uh, thinking. and, And we do have women all over the world that really benefit from hearing the God stories that are shared. So I would love to know, why do you think it's so important for women to share their stories? Well, just like a little highlight reel. So um, I I was kind of born into a tumultuous situation 
And so right out the gate, my life was chaotic. My parents were drug abusers. My dad went to prison. Um, so I feel like it, you know, and it led to a multitude of other poor decisions, but all rooted in, you know, lack of stability, lack of feeling loved, um, seeing other people. I remember even as a teenager, cause I ended up in foster care. And so I didn't really have a family or love or normalcy to pull from, but I remember seeing my friend's parents and, you know, silly as it may sound like the Cosby show, like things on TV, right? So you got little flickers of what fl- what it looked like to be in a normal family. I loved having sleepovers at my, you know, friend's normal parents' house. Um, but seeing that, even if it's just one person or hearing one person's story that resonates with you really gives you hope that there is something better. Like we may be in a terrible situation right now at this moment. And when you're in the depths and the trenches, it's really hard to see that flicker of hope, but God can turn that around in an instant. And a lot of times it starts with just hearing someone else who's already been through it and seeing them on the other side of it. And that's what gives people hope. And, you know, I'm sure that I'm horrible about remembering Bible verses, but basically without hope, we perish. So it's more of just inspiring people that you may be going through it right now. One, you're not alone. And two, you will get through it. That is really powerful too, because sometimes that's about all people can relate to, right? They're just hearing another person that's going through something similar. And that's a lot of what got me through was, okay, I may be going, I may have had those terrible things happen because you really start to get some resentment and bitterness. And then, you know, all sorts of bad things (laughs) root out of that resentment and bitterness when you're not able to forgive. But when you're able to see that, you know, Romans 8, 28, God works all things together for good. It's not about just me. My testimony isn't for me. It's for someone else. It's for that other little girl that's in a foster home for her to have hope. It's for that other middle-aged woman that's like, there has to be something more to life than this. You know, it's not about me. That whole, everything horrible that I went through as a child and even into adulthood was just preparing me to share this story for someone else who's in the trenches that needs that hope right now to help pull them through it. So Maury you know, you're going to have the opportunity to share love and your loved God's story today with listeners all over the world. We have about 62 different listeners or 62 countries with listeners. We've got about 17, 18, close to 18,000 listeners now. And you just never know. Can you share where your loved God's story began and take us through. <laughs> okay, I'll try to give you the the bullet point version. So um, my dad was Cuban immigrant, came here as a teenager. My mother's family was from Ireland. Um, and they met as teenagers. They were both high school dropouts. My mom got pregnant with me at a young age. And my dad just started selling drugs because that's all he knew how to do. He English was the second language, high school dropout, immigrant. He's not even a legal citizen. Um, So, you know, he kind of took on what he knew the other men in his family were doing, and it seemed to be working for them. Well, it did work for a little while, but um, then he ended up in prison. My mom was on drugs and she went MIA. 
So at about five, I went into foster care and I didn't see them again until I was a senior in high school. And when my dad got out of prison and my mom kind of sobered up. And um, so going through childhood in foster homes, and then I was sexually abused in the foster homes and not having any like solid foundation, I learned to get that love and acceptance by what I do. So be pretty, be smart, like be athletic, do all the things. Maybe if I do everything perfect, then people will love me. Then they'll accept me. Um, I was very promiscuous, like sought out male attention to try and fill that void in my heart. Uh, Then as I got a little older, it was drinking, um, you know, be the life of the party, really just strive, strive, strive. And then when I got graduate from high school, um, I did go to college and I got pregnant in college and, but I still, I was able to graduate, but, um, everything I did, it was like, get a really good career, get a house, get all the things. Then it became like shopping. <laughs> I, I just kept trading different outlets to try and fill that void. And, you know, I ended up divorced. I got pregnant at 20 or so a week before my 21st birthday, ended up marrying and then had a, we had another girl. So I have two adult daughters now. We ended up divorced very shortly afterwards. And I ended up getting married again. And I got pregnant again later in life. And I was facing my second divorce. I literally had seen a divorce attorney. And I was just like, what am I doing? Here I am. I'm about, I have another child in the mix. And I'm about to put him through the same things I already put my daughter through. Um, I was drinking way too much to avoid dealing with it. Um, On the outside, like by the world's standards, I checked all the boxes, you know, married, nice house, good career, had everything going for me. But I was just dying and miserable on the inside. And my husband was, you know, workaholic, alcoholic. And I I was just done. We reached a point where I was done. I'd served him divorce paperwork. And he called some of our friends. Again, the hope. That's where the hope came in. Because these two friends... I had seen when they were at their lowest, they were on drugs and just in a bad, bad spot about 10 years before, but they started going to church and then they, you know, started serving in their church. And I saw this transformation kind of from afar, but when I'd run into them, they weren't drinking anymore and they like really loved each other and they were clean and sober. And it wasn't just like, you know, one year waiting for them to mess up. This was like years of seeing this progression in them. Well, he called them out of the blue and had them come over. And basically, if they had not come over that night and shared their testimony of how they turned their life around because of God, it wouldn't have given me any hope. And I probably wouldn't be, I'd be divorced and I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. (laughs) So their testimony is what gave me hope. And the next morning I agreed, you know, all three of them, my husband included, are uh, sober. They weren't drinking or any. My husband had stopped drinking probably six months prior to this, but I thought he was just doing it to try to hook me in. And so I was like, nope, we're done. We're done. So I'm sitting there polishing off a bottle of wine and they're like, just come to church tomorrow. Just try it. Because I was pretty much, I wouldn't say I was an atheist, but I believed in God, but it was like I would go on Christmas and Easter because I felt like it was the right thing to do. So I knew nothing. I knew that Jesus died on a cross, and that's all I pretty much knew about any relationship with God. And so I went to church the next day. I don't couldn't tell you what the sermon was about, but obviously something was happening in my heart. And 
somehow I got signed up for Bible college. I got boondoggled. I thought it was Bible study. I got boondoggled into going to Bible college. So that next Tuesday, I started Bible college. (laughs) But that was the start of it. That was the start of the shift in my heart and in my world and in my life and everything. And he's basically been chiseling away at my heart ever since. (laughs) That's crazy. The fact that you went to Bible college, I mean, what a blessing though, so that you could immerse yourself into, you know, some sound biblical study. Yeah, because I knew nothing. Wow. Where Do you mind sharing where you went? Um, right here, where we go to church, they have a Bible college. It's Faith Christian Bible College, and I'm still going. I have class tonight. Um, you know, I don't really need a doctorates or whatever, but honestly, I just find it, it, it fills my soul midweek basically. And I like it. Like we go and it kind of is like a a higher scale Bible study because you you have your fellowship with all your friends, your peers that you've been doing life in school with for a couple of years now, but every Tuesday night we go and I just, I learn something else every time. And I just wanted to know what I didn't know for one, because I didn't know anything and all the promises like who I am in Christ. And um, just I, my mind was blown and I just kept showing up and kept showing up. And that's really what life's all about. Like if what you're doing right now isn't working, why not try something else? And I looked to all the people around me at that church and my friends, and they had this joy that I wanted that's you know, you can kind of see it. Like you just know what it is. It's hard to explain, but you can tell someone that has that joy in their heart versus the rest of the world that desperately needs it right now. And whatever that was, I wanted it. And as this naive 40 year old, I was like, what What are you doing? Okay, I'm going to do that. And I literally went at it like a child because I was like, well, I've tried everything I know how to do. I bought the t-shirt. I went there, bought the t-shirt and it still isn't happening for me. I had all the things. I still wasn't fulfilled. I still wasn't. There was still something missing. And even when I had all the things, I was actually most miserable. And so I knew this isn't it. (laughs) I'm missing the mark. So I just started listening to all the people that had that peace and that love and that joy that I want. And they were like, well, you need to get this in your heart for yourself. And it started with me. I had to get it in my head first because I didn't even know what those promises were. I didn't know that he died on the cross so I didn't have to live in shame and unforgiveness, that I could release all this at the feet of Jesus and I could walk in freedom and I didn't have to step it down. Really really talking about it and releasing it was what how I was able to walk out in that freedom. And it's crazy because once you start talking about it, you realize how many other people are like, me too, <laughs> which is therapeutic in and of itself. <laughs> yes, it is. And so did you and your husband go through any counseling or anything? You didn't do any no, of that? No, it is all God 100% because you'll see in the book, uh, we did a lot of horrible things to each other, things that you know, like I needed to feel loved, let's put it that way. And when you're... Um, Everyone needs to feel loved. It's just the means that we go about it sometimes are what create the sin in our life, if that makes sense. So if my husband wasn't giving me attention, then I would just go out with my girlfriends and go wine tasting and just be distracted or flirt with other men. Um, if he, it, it like triggered 
my childhood issues, but I didn't even know that. I just thought more shame because I shouldn't be acting like this. I'm married. It was just shame on top of shame on top of shame. And, you know, he did some horrible things. And by the world standards, 99% of people would probably be divorced if they had been through what we'd been through. And it it is 100% God that we're still together right now and that we were able to work through all the issues, all the hurts that we caused each other. Well, it's so really cool that you're being so authentic about it. I mean, the fact that you come forward to share your journey, you know, I mean, it's not easy to go down to those depths and say, you know, especially when you're, you're walking in, you know, uh, I would say you're calling and, you know, you know that God is called you out and sometimes to have to go back and, you know, reflect on that. But yet there is that uh, redemption, you know, that redemption story that I think we all that keeps us humble. Right. Yeah. And I I can remember in high school, my friend's parents that kind of had a little inkling of what I had been through and a little inkling just because they knew I was in a foster home. So they knew something was not right. (laughs) And um, I remember one of my friend's parents saying, you need to write a book because already at that point, I had had so much craziness go on in my life. But the thought, even right now, the thought of writing a book, it's a daunting task. (laughs) And the plot just thickened because of those, you know, childhood wounds. I made a lot of really poor choices as an adult. And they all rooted back to those, you know, unresolved hurts. And I delayed it and delayed it. So it was a delayed disobedience, a delayed obedience. But I didn't know that at the time. And, you know, then COVID shut everything down and it was just never the right time, but it was never the right time on purpose because my husband and I hadn't been through some things to get to the other side for God to heal it. So had I written the book before, it would have been Maury on her own strength until Maury submitted everything and realized, okay, once I put things, that's where the real book started because the first half talks about all the drama, but it's mostly just to put the reader in my shoes. Like, hey, I know you've gone through some dirt. Your issues may look different from my issues, but God doesn't want us to stay there. He, did, he didn't ever intend for to leave us there. He wants to get us through to the other side. So even if you've been through a hundred times worse or a hundred times less, we've all been through stuff, but you're not meant to stay there. And the second half of the book is, this is exactly how I got out of it. I'm a black and white person. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about the foster care system and kind of what, how long were you, you said from the age of five until you were like, what? Until I graduated. Mm -hmm. Until I graduated high school, yeah. Did you have many foster families or did you have a few? How did that work? So my dad dropped me off with a couple, with a family and, um, it was basically the only people he knew that didn't have a criminal record to leave me with because he knew he was going to prison for an extended period of time. And my mom was, um, she was heavily addicted to drugs. So she was just gone at that point. And so I stayed with them until I want to say it was probably ninth grade. So I stayed with them for a good chunk of change. However, um, the husband was sexually abusing me the entire time. And his wife 
basically asked me one day and I thought, okay, she knows. So I'm going to tell her, you know, this naive little teenager thought I'll tell her and it'll stop. And then I'll just, you know, we'll live happily ever after and the abuse will stop once I tell her. And I kind of go into that in the book. And um, so it was sort of like she was asking without asking. And then I confessed. And then she said she wasn't sure if she believed me or not. And I still like I, I have a really bad memory. And it's sort of how I was able to cope with a lot of things. I just you know, pushed them out of sight, out of mind. So um, it's really easy for me to forgive and forget. But um, with that, I remember because that pierced my heart that day. Because I was like, wait, you're the one who brought this up. And now you're saying, I believe you in a way. Her exact words were, I believe you in a way, but in a way I don't. Killed me. For years, those words killed me. And then she walked out and went and told her husband, who immediately came out and started shouting at me to tell the truth. And 14, 15 year old Maury, I just looked him in the eyes and I said, no, you tell her the truth. And I walked out the door with the clothes on my back and never turned back. And of course, when you're a foster child, because I was their foster child, you're in the system already. So when I showed up to school the next day, um, Child Protective Services was there and then they put me into another foster home and that one was horrible. And then I got bounced around a little bit and then I ended up staying with this really sweet lady, older lady named Judy. And that's where I finished out my high school there with her. (laughs) During that time, I'm sure it was so confusing and so frustrating for you. And did you cry out to God in any of that, Maury, or did you just not really have any? Mm -mm. They never, um, they never went to church or anything. So I didn't know anything. The only time I ever went to church is if I stayed at a friend's house and they went and then I would go in the morning. So I'm sure some little things rubbed off on me because I remember even at a young age thinking like certain things like you can't get divorced. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, don't get divorced. You're going to burn in hell. Because <laughs> like these, these random ideas that you come up with as a child, right? So I remember I really beat myself up over the first, like, you know, don't, you shouldn't have a baby out of wedlock, but you shouldn't have an abortion. Uh, all these things that ran through my head, like when as a 20 year old, when I wasn't married and I got pregnant. Um, and then I probably, their dad is, uh, he's still, like, you know, his father and my children, we still have a relationship in that aspect. Um, but I think we probably got married for the wrong reasons. We were just young and really dumb and thought, oh, this is what we should do. And then had another child just to really <laughs> mix it up. Um, but it all worked out. And uh, so, yeah, I remember picking up on random, you know, and I don't know that that was the best theology to be taught. Uh, but this church, I mean, God orchestrated it perfectly because this church was so not judgmental. And I had tried a few churches and I felt like they were super judgy. And I'm, you know, and when you're living in sin, the last thing you need is someone to come condemn you, right? You need someone to just come love on you and invite you in. And it's that light that's going to attract them to like me. I just wanted their light. I wanted what they had. Now, had they come at me and been like, oh, you shouldn't be drinking and you shouldn't be doing this and you should be doing that. It would have turned me off with just like every other church. And then the fact that they had the Bible college there too, it was perfectly God ordained. (laughs) My heart is with you, Gal. I really, really admire everything that you're doing and how you're doing it. Because I mean, it's not easy coming out of what you've come out of, Maury. And you're not alone. 
many have or have gone through a variety of different situations. And God has been so gracious in how he's brought people through their trauma and into healing so they can walk in their full calling. And now what we're seeing is this beautiful Mori that is emerging and God is taking and using all that you have come out of for your ministry and you're sharing your testimony to help those who may be suffering and going through it. Because I know from many women who've come out of abuse and me, myself, I came out of it collectively with a group of others um, who had to undergo this as a result of being in this abusive cult, cult, a cult. But still, you go, where's God in all this? I mean, why is this happening to me? And, you know, why am I going through this? And yet you hear of others, too, who are encountering it. And so I'm sure, you know, you were probably really confused for a while trying to figure all that out. And then there's this. Is there something I've done? Is there something, you know, that I've brought in here that has resulted in this? And the enemy is so good at trying to use condemnation against us, right? And so um, I'm so grateful from what you've shared that God just used some of the most really loving Christians for you. and. You in itself, you're not bitter, you seem free, you seem like you're on this journey to really help others who have encountered or are encountering this kind of, you know, feeling of being unloved. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I do have a relationship with my dad now. My mother passed away, but we reestablished a relationship and um, I thought I'd forgiven them because I, I could sit down and have a meal with them. I'd forgiven them. And, um, you know, my perpetrator is now dead as well. And I realized, though, that I had just because I could sit down and talk to them or talk about it, I hadn't forgiven them. So for years, I really did. And I, it would manifest in just like irritability. And I would just like blow up really easily. But I was like, oh, I'm Cuban and Irish. It's just, I'm a hothead. That's just how I am. No, that's not how God made us to be. We're actually supposed to have peace and love and joy. But it was those roots of unforgiveness. And I I had to go through this whole thing as a part of my um, small group. And I talk about it more because and I've since then realized so many people, there's so many roots of issues of problems that people are having that all boil down to that unforgiveness. Even when we think we've forgiven, it's like, oh, but have we really? And so I walked through some very specific exercises, again, exactly what I did to release that unforgiveness and just dig up those roots because they'll make your life miserable. We only have a short time here. And the first 40 years was already spent miserable enough. I don't need to waste the next 40 or 50 doing it or 60 or 70. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you just don't know. You, you never just know. don't know. <laughs> um, well, I really appreciate you going into some of those details because, you know, I do think it's really helpful um, for those that may be, you know, encountering just the experience that you've come out of. You know, and you 
you hear a lot about women who are, you know, abused. You know, they're abused in in and it's hard for the abuser's wife or girlfriend or to make admission that that is really happening. You know, sadly, Maury, I found out today there is a youth pastor of a church here in the uh, Kansas area that tried to kill his wife and all of his kids and burn his house down. And no one would even believe that this would have happened to this pastor and he would have done this. I mean, you don't know what's behind it. We know the enemy is there, but the destruction that comes when people fall into sin and they do these things is really, really hard. So it's so good to know that God loves us all and he's a redemption God. And no matter where we come out of what we've encountered, he meets us where we are, right? He just meets us where we are when we're when we're really sincere and we want to surrender and you know want to move ahead and walk in the freedom that he has you know the healing did you um feel any kind of holy spirit kind of um i don't know as you went through the healing process was was it just through the the scripture i don't mean just through the scripture i mean that's profound that is profound but i'm just saying you know when I went through my healing, I remember being at a conference and somebody prayed and then it went from my head down to my toe and I released, there was no release and just tears, flooding and flooding when I was going through. I mean, everyone is a different kind of, you know, there's a combination of a lot involved in that physically, emotionally, you know, all spiritually and all that, but would love to kind of hear your, your, your healing journey there. So it's funny, the exact moment. So in 2020, we sold our house once both girls had graduated high school. And we loaded up our RV with our four-year-old and we went all across the country. (laughs) We were on lockdown and we're like, nope, we're out of here. Um, So we went on a 29-state tour with our... We want to test your marriage? That's a really good way to do it. Go in an RV for months on end with a (laughs) four-year-old. But it was good. It was good and trying. And we were doing this um, small group from afar via Zoom because everything was Zoom then anyway. And so our small group had started this rooted like 10-week thing. And I remember it was one of our rooted sessions, kind of like our homework that we had to do that had it really touched on unforgiveness. And that was my moment. That was my Holy Spirit breaking Maury moment when I knew, oh, this is where every poor decision has come from. This is where all of my bitterness, my anger, my resentment, my void, my need to fill with all the things, that's where this all stemmed from. It was like my big aha moment. And it was, and it's funny because my husband and my son had gone, I think we were like in New Mexico or middle of nowhere at the time. And they'd gone somewhere. So I was in the RV all by myself, just having this moment, (laughs) which is fine because I probably couldn't have if they were there. Too many things going on. And that's where 
getting quiet, which is, I still practice this every day. I make sure to get in my word, get quiet, set time of intentional time aside with God. Um, I default back to old Maury if I don't. Like that's what comes out, right? What you put in is what comes out. Well, if I'm not filling up on those things of God, and I mean every day, because I'm a slow learner. <laughs> every day, every hour, that's its default, like snappy, irritable Maury comes out. I get flustered really easily. And I think it's just because my brain's going in this direction. And if anything tries to pull me over here, it's like, wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we have to be intentional about those quiet times set aside with God. That makes all the difference in my life. Yeah. Well, that is wisdom, wisdom, gal. That's why you are coaching and doing some of the things that you're doing too. So I want to ask you, has anyone ever told you you look like Shania Twain? Yes. Gal, you look like Shania Twain. You know, it's funny. My ex-mother-in-law and ex-father-in-law, they were like, they used to call me that all the time. They still are like, oh, Shania. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, I just had to throw that in there because I mean, yeah, we got to have some fun on the show too when we're talking, right? And we got to be like who we are and it's just kind of fun. But Well, Michelle, I don't want to disappoint you. I cannot sing like Shania. Oh, well, you know, uh, that's okay. You. <laughs> okay, well, you know, we're winding down our conversation And so, you know, why don't you share with us, you know, just kind of any last words um, and then how you can be reached and how others can best support you and your work and, you know, a little bit about your, your book, if you don't mind, and then I'll close. Yeah. So um, I'm like, since writing the book, I just got licensed because I I'm a health coach and people just kept asking me about workouts and it was more like food. And I love nutrition because again, just like our spiritual, what we put in, we get out same with food and nutrition, what we put in our body, our holy temple, God cares about what we put in our body. That's what we're going to get out. And we get the best performance out of this body while we're here on earth. We got to take care of it. Um, but everyone kept asking about workouts. So I'm now a personal trainer. I got licensed. So I'm official because I hate, I was like, I'm giving you workouts, but this is just what I do. I'm not licensed. So I just broke down, got licensed. I'm a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. Um, you can find me on my website. All my socials are just at Maury Oslin, M-O-R-E-Y-O-S-T-L-U-N-D. Uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. My website is just MauryOslin.com. And um, I just, I want people to realize that when they can just be really authentic with who they are and the things that they've been through, God's going to line up the right people in front of you, the people that you're meant to be, because there are people that only I can touch. There are people that only you can touch. He created us for a specific, unique purpose that if I'm not being obedient and walking in that calling, if I didn't write this book, there I didn't want to face Jesus someday and be like, sorry, it was really scary because it was scary to be that authentic and transparent and put it on paper all of my worst life decisions <laughs> for everyone to read. Um, but which is why it was delayed obedience. It took a while for me to be like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And he opened up the time for me to do it too. So I literally had no excuse, but I just didn't want to reach heaven one day and look him in the eyes and be like, sorry, I didn't write that book because it was too embarrassing. It was too vulnerable. 
and have him say, well, here are the 50 people that are going to not come to heaven now or not have freedom or didn't walk in freedom because you didn't write the book they needed to read, if that makes sense. Um, so just walk in your your true messiness and you're going to attract the right people and the the wrong people are going to get out of your life, which is good. It may hurt for a minute, but you need them gone anyway to make room for the right people that you're meant to help and that are meant to help you get to where you're supposed to be. We're all called to love and give help to other people. Our whole purpose here is to guide people to God. And we can't do that if we're trying to be someone we're not. Yes. Well, thank you. It's been a blessing again to have you on the show and sharing and I know many, many are going to be blessed. And again, um, I'm going to be praying for you and all that God has for you and for your favorability and prosperity and all those things. And friends, do check out our book, Unlovable. And there's, do you get bracelets with the book? I do if you buy it off my website, because that's the only way I know. So if you buy it off my website, it's also cheapest there. It's $15. It's on sale. And it's on Amazon too, though. So if you want to buy it on Amazon, you just don't get the fun love bracelet. <laughs> yeah. And for, I love the front, the fun love bracelet. I mean, I just, like I said, I it really resonates with me too, because sometimes I can get unloving. I don't want to, I don't want to be like that. You know, I want to be loving um, as, as God would want me to be. And also, friends, we're going to have this episode up on our website with Maury's pictures and more about her in terms of her books and links to her media. And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 